You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. My name is Aaron Lutz. I'm guest hosting a little bit this summer, uh, but want to thank you for listening today. We've been in a summer series in our podcast uh, talking about the personality profile type called the Enneagram. Talking about how that can really help us not only know ourselves better, but give us insight in how we grow spiritually as well. So I hope this is a helpful conversation for you. Hope you will continue this conversation with your friends, with your small group, and with your church family. Well, today I'm excited to sit down with Courtney Ricketts and Eric Harding. Thank you all for jumping in today. Sure. Yeah. Excited to be here. So for those who don't know, uh, Eric Harding serves on our staff uh, at Clear Creek. He's a worship leader at our 528 campus, but also super gifted with video, photography, also happens to be a DJ and stand-up comic on the side. Yeah. Yeah. So which one of those do you like more? There's nothing like stand-up comedy because it's like... It's gonna some part of it's gonna go bad, and it's it's about just reading a room of people, and just trying to make it. It's just a adrenaline rush because you fun. doesn't matter how much you've prepared what you're gonna say, it all depends on who's in the room. We may talk about that more. That may yeah. feed into your personality type a little bit. It it does. It has to. <laughs> it does. It's so classic seven of you yeah. to have those. Eric and I also started at Clear Creek on the very same day, June first, yeah. twenty thirteen. So Pretty next crazy. year, Dude, that's ten years. Courtney Ricketts also serves on staff with us at Clear Creek, also a worship leader, but serves at our Eager Bay campus. Uh, before I even met Courtney, I think I've told you this before, but my wife said, that girl can sing the phone book and I'd buy her album. Like she was a, a fangirl for a while. So sweet. Very <laughs> kind is. of her. Uh, Courtney, how long have you been on staff at Clear Creek now? Let's see. I think it's been about eight years in April. Cool. 2014. Mm-hmm. Is my math right? Eight years, yeah. I think. You helped us launch East 96. That was I part did. of your, your time. One of my favorite things that I've gotten awesome. to do here. Yeah, what year really cool. was that? that was, we launched in 2017. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're coming up on our five-year yeah. anniversary. Man, that's crazy. Uh-huh. I know. That feels like last week. I know. Seriously. I know. It was pre-L. That's how I divide my life now. L is your daughter. I'm trying to tell people L is your daughter that way. Because everything pre-L would be like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Anything before K and under. Yeah. Let's All right, moving. so each week in this podcast, we've been interviewing two different Enneagram types. And so uh, we've done the one and two together, a four and a five together. So, Courtney, what number are you in Enneagram? I am an Enneagram six. Awesome. And Eric? Seven. All right, so we got a six and a seven. We'll describe those types a little bit more here in a few minutes. But let's start with this. We've been asking everybody this first question. Uh, how did you hear about Enneagram? What was your own kind of personal Enneagram journey and discovering your type and, and how that's been you know, impactful for you? I know for me, uh, I joined a small group, like right after Elle was born. Okay. It was a women's small group with uh, Aaron Funky and Lindsay Layton. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Mm. Um, super fun. And we did this as like an exercise as we got to know people. And so I was, I had kind of seen like even on social media, people be like talking about mm-hmm. Enneagram and I just didn't know what it was. So um, we took a test. I actually tested as a four. Okay. And like, you know, leaned really hard into that. I, mm. Like, oh, that's that's definitely me for like way too long. Now it's laughable that, mm. to think I was four. Um, but I tested as a four, but then my other two numbers that were top for me were one and six. Okay. And I've heard people say that you take the top three and then you just kind of read about them mm. and yeah. see which one uh, you identify with. So once I kind of figured I was not a four, I was just reading um, – uh, the book, The Road Back to You, Sarah Beth, actually, yep. um, uh, she 
recommended it to me. So I'm reading through um, one and six with my husband. And I remember reading about sixes and being like, oh my God, that, that person sounds so neurotic. <laughs> and, and so... And Josh is like, I'm being Yeah, quiet. no, Josh 100% was quiet. like, you're a six. Like, that's, that's literally you. And I was like, first of all, you're sleeping on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I came to find that he is actually right. And there are also a lot of really good things about being a six yeah. too. So yeah. I am okay with it now. People talk about it as kind of a journey of like trying to figure out which it personality really type is. you are. Don't you know, rush to judgment on a certain type, but kind of see yes. all of those and figure out uh, kind of your internal motivations, your desires, and which yes. one of those line up the most. Absolutely. So six for you. Uh, Eric, that was a seven for you. But what was yeah. your journey to figuring out Enneagram? Uh, any hesitations with that? Any learns you jumped in? You know, I, I just think because uh, we do the color thing when we come to Clear Creek. It's yeah, like uh, you're, you're a red or yellow and right. all this kind of stuff. And so I was a yellow. And so I had an idea. And, and I've, I've lived with myself exclusively my whole life. And I just noticed. And so it, when I my, – my best friend Kyle, he's uh-huh. one who started talking about it. And we're at we're at dinner with them. And and they're really into it. And, and, and I'm like, oh, this is, this sounds fun. I was like, so we take it like at dinner on our yeah. phone. You yeah. know, it's one of those, it's one of like those people who are like, you're going to do this right now. And so <laughs> did it. And um, I was, seven was out front, but then really closely behind were two and nine, which okay. is like nine's mm-hmm. like a peacemaker and um, two's a helper. Mm-hmm. And Glenna was hardcore too. Like she's my wife, she's definitely a two. Um, and so I was like, well, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of interesting because, but I think it's like almost like those are some learned aspects yeah. of offshoots of being a seven, but seven is like the name of this, the entertainer. And mm-hmm. so that made sense with just some of like the natural bent of my life. And yeah. so I saw God throw back to you and I was like, big book. So I read the seven part and I was like, that's me. And just quit <laughs> reading. I just... <laughs> I should re- read about the other ones. Like but this chapter nailed me. I was, yeah, I was like, it. I was like, insert my name, yeah. and I was like, yeah, that's cool. Like that, that felt really comfortable, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It because I think for a seven, you want some validation mm-hmm. for some of like your natural tendencies yeah. that you have, and so it felt really good. To, yeah. So what's interesting is we've had these podcast conversations almost to the person. Everybody has said, uh, I started down the Enneagram journey because it was in community, in a small group, mm, sitting at true. friends, uh, a small group leader for mm-hmm. me. And so it, it's because Enneagram has to do with how we interact interpersonally, like how we engage other people, right? right? Not right. just ourselves. Exactly. And so- it's not just about learning about ourselves when we turn really inward. It's about how do we best relate to people, mm-hmm. uh, and we would say even how we relate to God in that way yeah. too. Um, all right, so Courtney, let's let's start with you representing Enneagram Six. Right. Uh, give us a little overview of that personality type. Like, what's the title? What's the the six in a couple sentences? Tell us about you and and all sixes. Okay, <laughs> I'll try to speak on behalf of all and sixes. all sixes. Don't, wow, that's no probably pressure. the worst thing no you pressure. could ask me to do is to represent every single one of us. Okay. Because uh, we're also different, but yeah. um, so the the most common name for the six that I've seen is the loyalist. Okay. But there's a lot of other ones. Another one I like is the friend. Mm. I really love friendship, so I like that name. Um, but our key motivation, like the the thing that kind of drives all of our worldview outside of our Christian worldview, of yeah. course, um, is this need for security. Okay. Um, we get a bad rap, I think, for just being like the anxiety mm. Enneagram, which like we don't have the corner on the market of anxiety. Like <laughs> no. there are other people that have sure. anxiety. Absolutely. Everybody Absolutely. worries about something, but I think it's just we're a little more outward about it. Um, but it is it is driven by that, not fear, but just this um, desire for security. We want to see 
that we are supported mm. by the people around us, the authority figures around us. Um, and we want to build this community and like almost wall around ourselves mm. of security when it comes to like our interpersonal relationships yeah. and stuff like that. So um, we just want to be safe. Yeah. That's yeah. really it. <laughs> so Enneagram talks a lot about like uh, not just outcomes and actions, but desires and motivations. Right. And so even that, that is shaped early in childhood. So you don't have to have an answer to this, but is there anything like early on in childhood that shaped those motivations and desires for you? No, 100%. I was, yeah. just, we were just reading about the childhood wounds of every mm-hmm. yeah, Enneagram yeah. type, which could be a whole other podcast, sure. honestly. Sure. Um, I read uh, that the the type six, they kind of um, really identify with a, uh, a nurturing figure in their home, mm. um, but they, they internalize that relationship. I think mm. I can definitely identify with that. So like um, if, you know, one of, I had an extremely um, distant kind of abusive parent and a very close parent. So mm. like um, whenever either one of them would, uh, you know, feel sad or feel angry at me or just kind of be in a bad mood or any of that. I would internalize that as like, oh, I've done something. Mm-hmm. I have to either um, all, you know, all out reject them to keep myself safe or I have to do something, fix something, make sure it's back to, back to safe, mm-hmm. like reset mode. Yeah. Um, so I definitely identify with that. I think that probably shaped me. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't feel safe in one way or another. Mm. So, yeah. One more question for six, but we'll turn to seven. Um, and just maybe even short, like what's the superpower of a six, mm. you know? So like a lot of times we can kind of talk about the difficult parts and right. especially even as a six, maybe like there's some of that as you try maybe tend more towards the difficulty, but what about like the really good yes. thing about being a six? What's the superpower of six? Superpower of a six. Okay. So the, another name for sixes are the problem solver. Ah. I really like that. Um, so sixes, there's just a lot of duality with us. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we can be very fearful, but also really courageous. Um, yeah. We can be overanalyzers, but also doers. And yeah. so um, I think our superpower is foresight mm. of like, we just, we can see things from all of these different angles. Yeah. Um, and, and while that can definitely be a bad thing in some ways, it can really be a good thing, I think. Um, and just kind of helping uh, in the planning stages of stuff or just cool. seeing like what could possibly go wrong. Yeah. Um, other people don't see it. I don't understand why, how other people don't see sometimes <laughs> all the danger that's around, but I see it all well, the time. Having worked with you, I think like your problem solving ability, like you like being on the front end planning yes. and thinking through all that kind of stuff. I do. I do. Uh, but the loyalty thing I think is a superpower oh, of, yeah. of sixes yeah. too. I mean yes. like, so f- twos can be really good friends cause they love and serve really well. And mm-hmm. nines can be really good friends cause they're peacemakers and like everybody to be happy. But man, for a loyal friend, like that is, uh, you can't ask for something better than that in a friend. So you definitely you like, really. so cause you know, when we were, we were getting ready for this and like, we're looking at all this stuff and I was reading, a, I was listening to a couple of different things about sevens and I'm going into this existential crisis about sevens. And so I texted her, I was like, yeah. all right, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. Yeah. I'm freaking out. What do you think about this? And it was good. It was like, she was like yeah. steady. Like it wasn't just like a, Oh, you'll be fine. It was just like a paragraph about, okay, well, well you know, I was like, thank you. I need that. I'm glad you needed it. Cause I was like, I'm probably texting so much. But that was I was good. just like, listen, good. listen, if, if you're my people, like I, I got your back. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that's what it comes down to. To, like, I will go down with the ship. I will fight all the way to the ground the for, for people. So That's good. All right, Eric, let's talk yeah. sevens, man. Uh, what are sevens called? How would you describe your personality type? What are some shared characteristics with sevens? All right. Uh, the entertainer, that's what I kind of said a while ago. It all, it's, it's bothering me. I feel like this 
this arm. Like, I feel like I'm at a wedding reception. <laughs> I married a robot, and we're, like, doing, like, the... Hence the entertainment. I don't know. Right like, there. I just, I had to say it, because it's, like, it's been so in my head every time I take a drink of my coffee. Anyway, so the entertainer. <laughs> the entertainer. So the, some normal, like, just, I would say these are the broad strokes. I wrote them down because I feel like this can get so wide. You can mm-hmm. meet sevens that are just very, you were like, you're a seven, mm-hmm. and then, like, mm-hmm. maybe you got to get through a couple layers to kind of see, because people... It can come out of people differently, but like typically, sure. it's the life of the party, very entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. um, optimistic, uh, don't like being tied down or like are mm-hmm. trapped, yeah, um, and stuff. And they don't linger on pain, mm-hmm. like it's like you just reframe it, and that's part of the optimism. It's like a trickle down of that, and the, just crave new experiences, like fine with change. Uh, one of the big ones I think is like, like you get energy from a crowd. Okay. That's like we just did two weeks of camp back yeah. to back. I was there yeah. for ten days, and like I got home, and I'm like, good, because I was around new people and new experiences, yeah. and new like ten straight days, and I'm like this was the best ten days of my summer. Yeah, like yeah. I did, I did four camps in like a month, and I'm mm-hmm. just like, awesome, let's keep I going. I did one. I'm exhausted. Still. Yeah, she <laughs> nearly died, and I'm always just like, I'm good, you know. Um, and I think another little thing is like, you know, we I think that we trust our ability to handle the unexpected a little bit. And so we kind of actually enjoy the unexpected happening because it just kind of, it, it's a challenge on some level. And so you're like, cool, let's just figure that out. You know, kind of usually a jack of all trades, master of none Mm. group of people too. We know a lot about (laughs) a little bit of like everything, you know, just enough to functionally fool everybody. Man, so much of what you're describing is the opposite of my personality type. <laughs> you know, like I sat down with others and I'm like, oh yeah, I have those tendencies. And I'm like, dude, none of this. Like, mm-hmm. but like energy from a crowd, like uh, the entertainer, like by the, by the seat of your pants, kind of spontaneity, like yeah. so not my personality, but I so respect it when I see it played yeah. out well. And so we joked earlier about like your stand up comedy or DJ stuff, like that yeah. plays well into just the way that God has shaped you, even in being a seven. So talk about that a little bit, even the roles that you play. Yeah. Uh, you know, because even in, in on a Sunday morning, yeah. like we we take great pains. We don't get up on Sundays and wing Sundays yeah, absolutely. at all. There's a definite plan. More at this church than any other place I've ever been. Yeah. We've got a plan. Yeah. Um, and I and I know that we pray a lot about how we do that, how we mm-hmm. approach a Sunday. But when you get up on stage on a Sunday and you still are looking at a room full of people. Yep. You're ministering to those people. You're pastoring those people. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that I will just be open spiritually to what God may want to say in that moment. And yeah. I may share something personal. I might just go back through seeing something, you know, that happened this week, you know, mm-hmm. just like a couple of those things, just because you got to read the moment. Yeah. And go, how God can I best serve like this this moment, these people? Yeah. So that's the spiritual version. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, just the other fun stuff like keeping people on a dance floor. Yeah. That's like a challenge. Yeah. And at the end of the at the end of the night, I get paid. I don't yeah. care. But it's <laughs> like I want people's you know, and that's where I think you're coming into like being a, the nines and two of me. Like mm. I do want to help people. I want people to enjoy I think and, and a, a mature seven wants as many people on that ride uh, with them as possible. Yeah. So if I'm gonna have fun I want you to be with me. I'll talk about yeah. it later more, but yeah. Well, it's interesting. We we're talking uh, when we did the three podcast about like a healthy three versus an unhealthy three. Mm-hmm. So a, a, mm-hmm. an unhealthy three wants to win at all costs, but a yeah. really healthy three wants the team to win 
with him, right? right. And so I just talked about like Bruce is a really healthy three. He's like, mm-hmm. get everybody on board. What are your dreams? What are your hopes? We're going to help you win and us win together. Yeah. And I think that's a superpower of yours too, man. It's not, it's not just that Eric wants to have fun. Eric wants to bring everybody with him in this journey. Uh, I think that's a superpower as well. So talk about the difficult side of being a seven. Like what are kind of the, the desires and motivations of that that in an unhealthy way uh, could maybe turn dark? Uh I think that what what could end up happening, what probably going to happen with this podcast, like they're watching it and it's like, oh, that guy's he's he's a funny guy, and mm. it's like uh. you can be not taken seriously mm. because sevens often have a lot of depth, honestly, like you really do have a lot of depth, mm. and so you can um, get to the point where if it's like you, well, everyone. It, People feel peace and feel secure whenever they can categorize you. Mm. So it's like, okay, you're you do funny stuff, and so you're the funny guy. And so a lot of sevens maybe, or maybe they're just uh, living up being in the spotlight. And yeah. so people go, oh, they're probably conceited. They're probably this, probably this. Mm. And, they, and a lot of times you get very misunderstood. But actually, sevens typically don't want to have any small talk. Like it's like let's skip all that. I may only give you five minutes of my time but I want to hear about like the worst thing you ever, like we were at Nav Huddle the other night and I was sitting by a new Nav couple and he's a game warden. And I was like, what's the worst boat accident you've ever seen? He was like, my name's Ross. I was like, cool. <laughs> what's the worst boat accident? Just cause I'm like, let's just get, to, I don't, yeah. I'm only going to get like a couple minutes with you, yeah. you know? So I think there's a lot of, you can get, we, we don't want to be trapped because we get bored. Like yeah. if, if my, that's what's great with this job because Every day is a new day, mm-hmm. and we are doing something new. Yeah. We're figuring out a new thing, new way to make a video, new yeah. songs to write. So I still say I've never had a job my entire life. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this this type of a job forever, and it's yeah. it, it really helps. If I had to do your taxes, <laughs> God bless whoever's doing taxes. Truly. They wouldn't be right, first of all, yeah. and then I just would not. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a challenge. Going to jail. Don't yeah. box us in. Well, that's helpful to understand a little bit more about sixes and about sevens. Uh, I talked about this last time I hosted one of these, but there are a ton of resources out there about the Enneagram, books and podcasts and articles and tests you can take to figure out kind of who you are and all that. Uh, but one of the ways we've tried to talk about it this summer at Clear Creek in this podcast series is how do we apply that within our context mm-hmm. of growing fully devoted followers to Jesus? Like that's our mission, right? Reach unchurched people, leave them full devotion to Jesus. So in our our spiritual formation process here at Clear Creek, we talk about these three gospel storylines, right? Our identity drives our activity in these three storylines. And we've talked about this before, but our identity is not our Enneagram number, right? Like you are not the six and you are not just the seven. You are a follower of Jesus. Therefore, you're a citizen in God's kingdom. You're a son or daughter uh, in God's family. And we're missionaries sent to a lost and broken world. So how we apply that can be impacted by our Enneagram number, but our Enneagram isn't our identity. So I just want to walk through some of that with you guys. Uh, let's start with Eric. How is yeah. learning your personality type, being a seven, your struggles, your strengths, how has that helped you as you listen and obey God? Um, one, this one interesting thing about sevens don't hold grudges, hmm. typically. I mean, maybe some out there that do. But I think overall, I would say that like, if you wrong me or, some, or something goes wrong, like, it turn the page, yeah. like it just kind of move on, and I think that helps with how. Um, <laughs> it sounds silly, but like how I'm willing, how I'm able to forgive others, mm. and also I like to forgive myself because I'm like I think which you know you don't want to like let yourself off the hook too mm. easily, but you're like you made a mistake, 
turn the page, yeah. go on. God's forgiven you. You can you can walk. You can like I don't know. Like we receive the promises of God about mm-hmm. grace. We can understand grace maybe more simply. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which came later in life. That was not a, a, a normal early thing for me, but um, just I grew up Baptist. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that so we do, we kind of like don't linger. And so I think that our optimism sometimes helps us to view God in that way more clearly. Yeah. So understanding the gospel is about grace, not about doing things. Um, That helps you listen and obey in a different way because that becomes a little bit more natural to you being a seven. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about you, Courtney, as a six? How does that impact how you listen and obey God? Well, I think um, one of the difficult things about being a six and one of the things we struggle with really is trust. Mm. Um, And so my walk with God has been marked with periods of time where it's just really hard to trust God, mm-hmm. um, but also marked with times where I, I have a deep, like, unshakable trust mm-hmm. with God. And so, like, I think um, one of the ways that it impacts how I, I'll listen and obey, because I, I don't... Authority figures and sixes, mm-hmm. um, we're very, like, um, we want to test an authority figure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to know that we are well-supported, there's no ulterior motives, all this stuff. Like, so, um, you know, I've tested God in my life. Mm. He's passed every test. Mm -hmm. And so, um, if I trust in someone, I'm, I'm going to want to listen to them and I'm going to want to obey. So, um, I literally have to remind myself daily of the things Mm. it's, it's so funny and honestly kind of embarrassing to admit that I have to be reminded of all the ways that Mm. God's been faithful because he's been faithful in a lot of ways. But to curb my um, instinct to want to take control mm. so that I can try to keep the worst case scenario from happening mm. um, and not really wanting to lean into just listening to what God wants me to do and, and obeying him, like, um, is to literally, I have a list on my phone. It's on my, the top of my notes, and it is a list of all the very clear ways that God in my mm. life has been faithful, the things I'm thankful for. Mm the things I see him working in, even currently, it's running list. So yeah. it's very, very long. And I'll just sit and look at that list mm. and, and I'll bring it to mind or look at it again in times when I feel like I'm having a hard time trusting what you want me to do. Yeah. Mm. Man, um, that's really practical for sixes, right? So yeah. talk about like, you got to know yourself to lead yourself. Right. Knowing you may have this sense of distrust to like put in practices in your life. They're like, no, I trust yes. in the character of God. He is stable and secure and I can trust him. I'm going to be loyal to him. And therefore I can listen and obey with a lot more ease. Absolutely. Man, that's really helpful. I feel like it's a really sick thing to do too, because we're all about preparedness. So yeah. if I'm like, I'm going to head off my tendency yeah. to be mistrustful of God by putting this practice into, into play. So. Good for you. That is helpful. Yeah. That is helpful. Um, I think love and serve is probably an easier one to go down because yeah. Enneagram is so much about interpersonal relationships. Right. But how's learning about your Enneagram type uh, helped you in your relationship with God's church to love and serve people uh, in your marriage, with your friendships, with your kids, but also specifically to the church? Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same deal in the sense of like once I've tried and tested something, um, like I want, I'm loyal to it to a yeah. fault. And that goes with people. Um, belief systems, you know, and, and of course so it applies to God in the church. So like I, out of an outpouring of this deep loyalty and trust and just belief, I, I want to serve. Like it's, it's, a, it's a natural outpouring. I think yeah. that's, that's true for all of us as Christians, I think. But um, in terms of like interpersonally how I serve, like I, I want people to feel as loved and supported mm. and seen and secure as I want to feel. Yeah. 
So I want to I want to do whatever I can to make people feel that way. Mm-hmm. I hope that I strive to. I hope yeah, that yeah. I do. Um, I, I just want people to to know that and to feel that because that's what I feel with God. Mm-hmm. I feel known and seen yeah. and supported and loved, and so I want to do that um, with my friends, my volunteers, mm-hmm. my family, um, my church. Yeah. So. So in that storyline, we talk about the church being a family, right? Mm-hmm. We relate to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And then we say that in small group, that's the place that you're most, you're love, you, you can love and be loved, serve yeah. and be served, know and be known. And you can experience that both in group, but also on a service team, like the oh, way yeah. you lead your band, mm-hmm. like you want that for them because you want them to be so loved much. the way that God loves you. So much. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eric, what about you, man? How does a Enneagram 7 love and serve? Um, I think that... This comes back to I think that the healthy version of a seven is that we want to we you learn to not bulldoze people mm-hmm. in the momentum of what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we can love and serve people, but it's like it's it's that gathering them mm-hmm. as a part mm-hmm. of the thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you're like, we're gonna do this, and and it's like I'm gonna I can come and bring that. And you're going to come with me. And like, I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense. I think there's times when it's like someone gets on a stage and they're or whatever, or they're just doing anything and they're like the center of attention. And you're like, oh my gosh. But when you use that center of attention to shine, to reflect that light onto other people and you're really truly, that's how, that's how you can, in, in maybe an out loud, upfront, very visible way, shine the light of God's love on other people. Yeah. And I think that, that may not be something that's a natural tendency to seven because as long as you know you're getting attention you're feeling better and yeah. you're doing things so it's like the the more mature seven i think goes right. how can we take and bring other people into this and even also then being aware of as you're doing what you're maybe only you can do yeah. how is that then building up the body mm-hmm. in some way rather than like you know being oh. destructive for your own yeah, kicks, I For guess, sure. or whatever. I feel like that makes as sense. much as you might be like the seven, like in the spotlight, like you are the spotlight. Like our, I mean, our, our history, like before we even came to mm-hmm. Clear Creek, we were at Sage Mahat. Like mm-hmm. Eric's, like he's straight, like half raised me. I mean, not to not to call you old. You're not old. I'm, so, I'm fine with know. what I am. It's like my dad. So like yeah. I, I everything you said, I'm like I benefited from that. Like Good. you, you didn't just take on the spotlight, but you help, you bring people alongside you in a way that's like super unique and it, and you then build leaders and you, you teach people how to do what you can do. Although you do some, you do it in such a specific way that only you can do, but you, you teach people to lean into their own giftings and like be in that spotlight with you yeah. because you shine a light on their gifts. Don't cry. I'm not, I'm doing well. <laughs> not going to cry at all. <laughs> You're going to cry before I will. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting to hear you talk about like just bringing people along. I think you really do do a lot of that really yes. well, the way Courtney just described. Um, so my personality type is a three, right? Like I, I want to win at all costs. Like I want to like, you know, yeah. competition, get to the goal line as quick as we can. And I may forget there's people along the way. Whereas you're like, you, you know, the people are with you the entire right. time. Like that's yeah. ways that I benefit from sevens in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm maybe consider projects or policy above people, I have to be self-aware of that. Yeah. You're very aware of the people that are, going alongside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's helpful. That's okay. really good. You just want people to enjoy the same thing you're enjoying. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. It's like, if I'm going to do this, it's better if you get it too. Yeah. Let's, all, yeah. let's all do this. Yeah. Be, it's, social, it's a different social awareness. Yeah. I think that kind of comes with 
just time. Yeah, probably. And it is really the beauty of the church when all of our gifts come together, all of our abilities come together, our personality types come together. We look better. I mean, we're a better church the more diverse we are in all of those ways. I remember like one thing Bruce said, we were having lunch one time. This is probably six years ago. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I just don't know like what I'm going to do when I'm like, if I'm like not the worship leader someday, Mm -hmm. like what am I going to do? And he was like, Eric, I feel like you could just step on a stage, any stage, at any time in front of any group of people and you'd be fine. Like, you're not worried about it. He goes, there'll always be something for you to do. I was like, kind of that in writing. But he was like, it, that, if that meant a lot to me. Like, yeah. he spoke yeah. into my life in some way that was like, oh, yeah, open up your mind. And that's when, like, let yourself be used by God yeah. in the same you but in different ways. Don't, it doesn't have to be in a song, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's cool. That's good, man. That's so true, man. Uh, so the last storyline is about being on mission, right? We have this missionary impulse as followers of Jesus, part of our identity. So how does your Enneagram, the way you see the world, your story, how has that shaped you to serve God's kingdom by being on mission? Let's start with you, Courtney. Well, when I think about like the mission of the church is to see people come to know Jesus, I... Um, I look at evangelism not as like, how can I meet someone and then quickly get them mm-hmm. to accept Christ? I, in fact, I kind of, I, I think there's a, maybe a time and a place and maybe a different wiring might be better at it than me, but I kind of despise this idea of quick evangelism. Mm-hmm. Like f- for me, like I want to get to know you and I want you to, to feel, need, feel seen, feel mm-hmm. heard, and I want you to trust me so that when I show you who Jesus yeah. is, and hopefully I'm showing you who Jesus is throughout that entire time, yeah. but when I present that to you, that you trust that that's that I'm telling you the truth. I don't mm-hmm. have this ulterior motive. So um, yeah. I just, I, I've i never liked, um, or I've just never jived with the idea of like going on a trip or, you know, having like a, a I guess a, I don't know, some kind of mission trip sort of thing where you only interact with the people for a short amount of time. I'm like, I want to know you. I want to spend time with you. I want to play the long Mm, game, you know, kind of a thing. So I think that that might shape a little bit of my outlook when it comes to, to, uh, you know, going and multiplying, but... Again, it takes all types to reach all kinds Absolutely. of people, right? Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And your personality type is more given towards this relational evangelism yes. thing. And, and we talk a lot about that at Clear Creek. The idea of a top five is all about relationships. Who are the yeah. top five people you're praying with them to faith mm-hmm. in Jesus, you're investing in them, and you're sharing the gospel with them. And so yeah. that leans well into your six tendencies, right? Okay. You have a natural authenticity about yeah. that, you know, so yeah. it's helpful. What about being a seven? How does it help you be on mission, share the gospel with people? So I, I think a lot about how, and this is kind of really what I've already said, so I'll just say it different. Um, <laughs> but like, kind of like how I saw this Instagram post about mint, mm. how like mint is in toothpaste, mint is in gum, mint is in your best drink. Mint, mint, mint is in like, itself well. Mint, yeah. mint, yeah. Does, mint just sh- keeps showing up and doing something. <laughs> Oh, that there you go. That's how I get to be a part of going and multiplying. Like, <laughs> I meant, hmm. um, like you know, like there's. There's <laughs> oh my gosh. So, but you know, like in the way of like, there's there's a spot for what I can bring to the table in how we go. Yeah. You know, and it's like. I'm going to go and do that thing. I'm not going to try to do it all, but I'm going to be a piece of what I can do in that kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. the, um, one thing about the sevens, like they got, sevens got to believe their own brand a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. And so you know what you bring to the table, know who yeah. you are and just bring that. Yeah. I'm meant. 
Well, and sevens are magnetic, man. Like you yeah. just draw yeah. people in a way that like people are attracted. And it's that whole like First Corinthians 11, one thing, like be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And so if you're following Jesus well and people are drawn to you, they're going to be drawn to Jesus, <laughs> yes. you know? And so yeah. just, you know, maximizing that in your personality. Mm. Yep. And we wrap up with this uh, kind of quick question, but my favorite question of the podcast. So mm. for those listening, how can we better love someone who's a six or a seven? Like, how do we serve you? And if you were in my small group, if you were on my ministry team, like how do I love and serve a six or seven better? This was also my favorite question. Yeah. I wrote a lot of stuff down. Yeah, I did. Well, restart okay, the well, podcast now. Courtney's going to read Reset, everything please. about how to love Okay. Um, so uh, I think... Don't underestimate us, Mm. I think. Um, Sometimes we are the squeaky wheel. Mm. A lot of times we're the squeaky wheel. People don't love a squeaky wheel. And uh, and so, you know, people will tend to be like, all right, that's enough of that questioning. And, you know, just you're always just worried about stuff and and not really um, consider that we've put a lot of thought and energy um, into our concerns. Um, So don't brush aside, don't don't underestimate us, utilize that. So I I was, I think I read this, I I either read it or I listened to one of the endless podcasts I've been listening to about the Enneagram. And I thought it was so, so cool where uh, this girl says, uh, sixes are like sandpaper. Hmm. So they are so good at smoothing and refining, right? Um, through our many questions and, and analyses, mm. we can help smooth. But after a while, though, we can grade. And yeah. after a while, we can um, wear away mm. at what, mm. whatever the initial design was. And so it's just um, help us help you yeah. in the sense of like help us curb some of that negative side, but also make us feel heard and seen on like, hey, like these are some valid things that I've thought about. Yeah. Um, and then I think there's one more, one more thing that I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, never tell us not to worry about something. Mm. Just yeah. in general. Just mm. triggering. Very That's a tri- good, easy thing. Very right triggering. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a real practical. If one. anyone yeah. out there listening is married to a six, write that one down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh, we don't like amb- ambiguity. Mm. So, so you can love helpful. us well with clarity yeah. and directness because if you aren't, f- if you communicate something, especially if it's a criticism, mm. we're fine with it. Um, but if you don't communicate it fully, we're going to fill in the gaps mm. and we're going to fill it in with our worst fears rather than like what you might actually mean or feel. So just being so clear and upfront and authentic, yeah. no ulterior motives. We can mm. sniff those out yeah. kind of a thing. So that's how you love us. I that's think. something we say on staff here a lot is like run to that gap where yes. there's like a trust yeah. gap of like, yeah. I'm going to fill this in with, you know, a, not a good thought. It's like, man, right. we need to run to that tension, have those conversations. Fill it up. That's really good. Yeah, All right, Eric. Keep sevens out of jail. Yeah. That's like, this is true. I probably kept you out of jail countless times. Definitely. I'm sure. Well, sure. wrap us up, man. How do we love sevens well? How do we yeah. utilize them well? Um, give sevens an opportunity to like be be the. They need a crowd, mm. and they'll learn and grow from be, having opportunity. Yeah. Mm. You know, and so you have an opportunity to bless people and to be yourself and be present with sevens. Um, because when you're here's the one sevens, they are wherever they are. Mm. And almost to a fault, like I'm right here right now. Like if I forgot to pay my mortgage or something, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, I gotta, I gotta pay a ticket today. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I do. Remind me later. Like that kind of thing. Like you, where you are, where you are, yeah. and that's where you're at. And so mm-hmm. when you're with a seven, try to be present with mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. hear them out, and uh, 
let them tell you their crazy ideas and trust them. Yeah. Let them try some stuff, you know. That yeah. just kind of that'll be the best way cuz then you're going to get a great return on that type of investment yeah. for sure from a 7. So do that. Well, this is a fun podcast for me because I'm so not like either of you, but I love both of you so much, you know, like, uh, and I learned from, from both of you. So I'm grateful for y'all joining us on podcast yeah, today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Uh, well, so uh, thank you for those who are listening for joining us. I hope this has been a helpful conversation for our church family as we really do seek to grow in full devotion to Jesus, however he has shaped you to do that. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.